listening to ESL Talk, a podcast made for English teachers by English teachers. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another brand new episode of ESL Talk. Really happy to join you again for another episode this week. And this week, we're going to be talking about the topic of how to grow as a teacher on Instagram. So how to accelerate your growth on Instagram. We've got a very special guest, Gemma, who's going to join us. She's got a lot of experience working as an online teacher, moving into Instagram and utilizing it to really good effect, managing to get a following of about 30,000 and also talking about how as a teacher you can utilize it and improve your skills. Um, Hopefully, make sure you have a bigger following and in the end, get more business. That's kind of the goal for all of us um, on Instagram, partially, I would hope. So we'll get into that in just a moment. But before we do, don't forget there's still time to enroll in the Online Teaching Summit. It's a totally free event that you can join. Um, We talked to Crystal a couple of episodes back. She was promoting and hosting this event. Um, It is a free event, so do join in if you are able to. Um, We do also work with Crystal as our lead sponsor on the podcast, esl-curriculum.com. 750 plus now, wow. 750 plus interactive, off-the-shelf resources, materials, curricula, ready to go. No matter what your level is, no matter what you teach, we have you covered with a free two-week trial. Just go to esl-curriculum.com and start your free trial. Uh, Get all the resources you need, all the materials you need. Save time, save energy, save on planning and prep, and plans start from as little as just a few dollars a month. Thank you, as always, for supporting the podcast. As many of you have done for the last couple of years, we're making great strides, we're making great progress. Our listenership continues to grow, which is fantastic. Thank you so much for all of your support on that. If you would like to follow us on Instagram, you can do so at ESL Talk Podcast. That way you can find out a little bit more about each guest, get a little preview of the episode and also get involved and and share your questions and discussion points as well. Um, And if you haven't already, you'd love to support us a little bit more. You can give us a five star review on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, whatever your podcast provider of choice is. We'd really appreciate that and it helps us massively. So let's get into today's episode interview with Gemma Keeling. She's going to talk to us about her story, how she started off as an online teacher and then subsequently how she was able to leverage and use Instagram to really accelerate her growth as an ESL teacher. Here we go.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, Gemma. Thank you for joining us today. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, not a problem at all. We're talking today about accelerating your teaching growth on Instagram. And this is an area that a lot of teachers want to know more about. But before we get into that, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in the world of, of online teaching and educating? Yeah, of course. Well, it has been a while. Um, I My background is in education. So I started, I mean, I have a degree in teaching English as a second language, um, and I actually did the SALTA certificate while I was doing my degree, um, and that was in the UK. I'm originally from the Isle of Wight, the south of England, um, and I'm currently living in Mexico, um, but I started actually teaching online in 2015, so it was just after I graduated, and it was really just to support myself um, I was working as an English teacher actually in Manchester. Mm -hmm. And as many teachers can relate, the salary, I think it was maybe around £12 an hour. And I had around 10 hours per week, 15 hours of sessions, really not a lot to sustain myself. Right. <laughs> so I decided, oh, I had an email through, I had this um, company that would share all about different summer schools. And one of them was for my tutor group. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, I can do this from home. I don't have to commute. Um, I was actually living um, near Leeds, commuting to Manchester every day. Um, and I thought, okay, I can stay at home because I only have like three days a week. I can mm -hmm. teach online with my tutor group. 
Um, and then I realized, well, why am I walking, going, commuting? I can do this at home. Um, but then I decided, okay, I do actually want to find another job. And I actually left teaching for a while. I was working in a bank and I thought, I, I didn't want to be that teacher that worked in, as a teacher from my degree and never really leave and have any, I, I'd never even been in a meeting before that wasn't a teaching meeting, you know, in an actual in, um, work situation. So I still supplemented my income by teaching online in 2015. I kept doing that even though I wasn't always working in schools. Right. So yeah, it started with iTutor Group and then gradually I started to take it a little bit more seriously. I remember being amazed that I could actually get paid to teach online. Like, is this even legit? Like, is this real money? Um, and I realized, oh, wow, this really does work. And then I started working closer with, in, this is in around 2019, 2020, I actually moved to Mexico and I thought, wow, I can do this online. I don't have to rely on, you know, going to a company, commuting, finding a job in Mexico or in, in another country. Mm -hmm. So I started working closely with iTutor Group. I was creating materials, working with recruitment, like the head office, content creation for their apps and many different things. I also tried other companies, many that many teachers will know, like Powfish. And I also started creating content, almost like TikToks for their own platform. And I was getting paid more to do that than I was to teach the class. And I was then told, we really like your style of teaching on these apps. Would you be able to create a digital course for us? It would be 10 lessons, quite a small course. Shouldn't take you very long. <laughs> okay. Mm, that's what they think. Shouldn't <laughs> take you very long. Well, it actually took me two months and I was paid for what would be my usually 10 videos, which mm -hmm. it was less than $200. And I realized, why am I doing this for a company where they have millions of students that they're potentially making so much money, even if I just made a small percentage of this, right. I could talk to my own clients. So that was kind of what really pushed me into going independent and wanting to do this myself. Yeah, that was really the kickstart, at least, of, of the story of how I got started. But since then, there's obviously more, which I'm sure we will discuss a little bit. Yes, we will. We will. Oh, this is great because this ties in really nicely to our theme today, talking about Instagram specifically. I know there's lots of other social media teachers use. Um, a lot of teachers use Facebook, a lot of teachers use LinkedIn um, and Instagram as well. Um, a lot of teachers, though, not a lot, but quite a few teachers I spoke to, Gemma, I don't know if it's the same for you. They're a little bit reluctant to get into Instagram and they think it's maybe not the best option or the best platform. So what are some benefits and maybe some misconceptions of using Instagram as a teacher? Good question. I think, I mean, I had this own misconception myself. Um, and I think one thing to share about my story is even though now I'm posting quite regularly on Instagram, I only started doing that at the beginning of the year. So in March time, I set up an account when I started my business back in 2020. I just wanted to secure my name on Instagram, but I didn't really post anything there. I think just one or two different posts, nothing regularly. And my, my idea was, firstly, the challenge of just getting started on a new platform. You know, a lot of it was the mindset of, is it even going to be worth it? I'm already posting on LinkedIn. I'm already doing a lot as a teacher. I'm already creating content. There's so much happening. Like, is it even going to be worth it? That was my first issue. 
The second one was just how difficult it would be to use the platform. And I think it's going from, even though I had that experience of creating videos, it's just that awkwardness of creating. It is a visual platform, whereas on LinkedIn, I could just post writing, one static picture. I knew to be successful, I would have to go on camera. I would have to create reels. Um, and the misconception is I'm going to have to dance on these reels. I think that's a big misconception. Um, and I think also just on the long run, I'm going to have to, how am I going to keep doing this consistently? Maybe I can do it for a couple of weeks, but how will this look in the long run? And then, like you said, the effectiveness for teachers. So I had that same feeling of, okay, I don't know if my niche will even be on Instagram mm -hmm. or if they're on there or who is actually on Instagram. Will I be, you know, people use it more for fun versus LinkedIn is a more serious platform, they're serious students. So I think right. that was one of the misconceptions that I had. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's fair. And I think that echoes what, what I've heard as well. Um, so yeah, it's more about, you know, more interactive content, more video content, which is tough for the teachers to think about even doing, let alone do, do it. Um, it can be a real, a real challenge. So I think the first place that we want to start it is the actual profile, because I think this is really key to everything on Instagram. So how can teachers create an appealing profile? And what would you say are some of the basics when they're putting their first posts or content out there that they should try to follow? Well, I think it's even before you put any content on there, it's having a good idea of who you're going to speak to. Mm -hmm. Just like you would for any platform is what kind of content will I be creating and what kind of content would my audience want to see? Mm -hmm. I think one thing that I, that to address that misconception, I found it very interesting that I have many of my followers from LinkedIn follow me also on Instagram. And you might think, well, why is that important? If they're already following me on LinkedIn, why do they also need to follow me on Instagram? And I think one thing to know about Instagram is it's just how often people use it versus LinkedIn. I don't know if this is if, if you think this too, but a lot of my students have told me I will use LinkedIn when I'm finding a job mm -hmm. or just a specific time. And then I maybe don't use it. Maybe once a week they're using it. But Instagram, they're checking daily. Yes. You are always on Instagram, you know, Facebook, Instagram, but they're always checking. They're always, you know, Zoom, as we say, like Zoom scrolling on Instagram. Oh, yeah. And, and you have to think about the type of content that they want to see and who is that person. Then mm -hmm. one thing that's cool about Instagram, it has its own SEO, just like Google. So you can search uh, your student, for example, is actually searching English teacher or depending on the language they speak, they might be searching like English, for example, or um, English pronunciation or communication or fluency. If you're looking to do more like English focus, now for some teachers, you have a particular niche where you might be targeting medical professionals. So I think one thing is, is making that decision, who, what kind of content am I going to create and who is it for? And there are some steps as well. You can research. Also, just asking your students, who do you like to follow on Instagram? What kind of content do you like to consume on Instagram? Mm -hmm. And then finding accounts that your niche or your audience like, and then seeing, well, how can I do that, but also in my own style? Yes. Um, 
And I think doing that before, once you have that information, you can then think about your bio and your overall presentation of how you come across on, um, on your platform of, of Instagram. That's a nice approach, just breaking it down like that. And I think a lot of people don't really understand. And I, me too, I was guilty of this initially. It's it's not about posting what what I think I should post. It's posting what others will actually gravitate to, engage with, and find interesting and appealing. So it's how do you create your message for that niche and create content that they're actually going to consume and enjoy and search for, which is which is tricky. But um, again, it takes time. I know it's, it, it's not exactly easy for a lot of teachers starting out. Um, and and this, this idea of, of hashtags that you mentioned, um, hashtag strategies or ways to increase visibility, what are these um, strategies and how would people maybe research hashtags or find out more about this to improve their visibility? Yeah, good question. So you can, you mentioned about your bio, you can include some keywords in your bio. Um, for example, within your name, you can share, for example, myself, I think it says communication and fluency coach. Mm -hmm. And I had someone tell me it, who found me on Instagram and I was like, how did you find me? You know, I always ask if in a strategy session or a call, I always ask potential students, where did you find me? Where are you following me? How did you hear about me? And he was like, oh, I went onto Instagram and I searched fluency coach and you appeared. So, and the reason is, is because I use those keywords in my bio. So mm -hmm. if you are a pronunciation coach or if you're a fluency coach or English teacher, if, or maybe, if you're helping medical professionals, if you actually have that in your bio, then it can, you can be found by potential students. So that's just in your bio itself. Of course, you don't want it to be almost like spammy of like different, you want it to sure. be natural um, in your bio. Now, in terms of the actual content you're creating, you can use hashtags. And one thing is that's new on Instagram, or relatively new, is students can follow or students potential users on instagram can follow a hashtag so for example in my niche i work with design professionals ux ui designers and they will follow ux tips or ux ui tips and i know a lot of my audience will follow other designers i mean it makes sense. it's a visual um sure. so i for example would use that hashtag within my content so after I post a reel, for example, the reel might be related to a business conversation, vocabulary for business conversation. And within that, I would choose hashtags that relate to the content. Now, one mistake I see is that you're using hashtags, you know, it's, it's nothing to do with pronunciation and teachers will put like English pronunciation. So you do want to align it for the algorithm. So it's like, okay, this content is for the people that are business English professionals, for example. Um, if you're using random hashtags, the algorithm doesn't particularly like that. It wants to be as aligned as possible. Mm -hmm. When you're choosing hashtags, you want them to be aligned. You also want to, I know back in the day, I, I've, I've had Instagram since I think, 2012 back then you would do like like for like like what i would call spammy hashtags i would avoid using them um like share i forgot all of them but like, like for like um and follow for follow, follow, for follow. Yeah, yeah. all of those i would avoid them 
um, because they're not going to help you really at all. Um, so it's being strategic of what is my content about and maybe what kind of hashtags would my audience potentially be looking for or be interested in. Um, and you can actually find that quite easily within Instagram itself, within the search. And if you go, to, if you type in, for example, business English, it will come up with the hashtag and tell you how many people are following that. So if it's like 150,000 or for example, with like business, like with English, I think it's like, oh, millions of people are following that sure. English. Um, so it's doing a bit of research for that and then including those in in your content. And I would actually include it in the copy of my post, usually at the end of the copy. So you would say you have, you're posting a reel. I would have the, the copy about the reel. And then at the end, I would share the hashtags related to that content. Is there a certain amount or number of hashtags or maybe a, a sweet spot of maybe five to 10? Is there a certain number that you'd suggest or is there not really a, a set answer for that? <laughs> I think you will hear different things. And yeah. I always say experiment what works for you. So there is a maximum. You can't put more than 30 hashtags. Right. Some people will say just use five. Some people will say use all of them, make the most of it and do 30. And I've experimented with both. And I found for me between five and 10, like you said, I think that's a good number yeah. to go for. Um, sometimes I will do more. I'm not really strict with it. But I do think it's important to experiment with the platform. Absolutely. Yeah. Just just like every niche is different, every mm. profile should, you know, will have slightly different um, ways that it engages. So, yeah, absolutely. That's a good approach to take because um, it's a tough one when you have all these different options. Now, let's talk a little bit more about building a community because, again, a lot of teachers I've spoken to have said, I can build a community on Facebook, I can build one on LinkedIn, I can build one here, I can build one there, but I can't really do it on Instagram. So how do we engage, build that community, and how do we try to you know, make sure our followers are, are invested in us and they actually align well with us? What would you say here, Gemma? Well, I would say this with Instagram, I see it to do two, there's two kind of ways that it can help you. Mm -hmm. And the content that you post can address two things. Firstly, it can address getting new people into your audience. And I think Instagram is a great platform to get new eyes in your business, new potential clients, and creating content for them that will get you new followers. Um, the other content is creating content that will really engage and, like you said, build a community. Um, and there's, I, so I like, I think it's important to think about those two distinctions of content to get new followers, new people in, and then the content that is engaging people. Right. So you mentioned about not really building a community. And I think just it depends how you would define a community. And I am starting to see, you know, for me, community is like how engaged people are. And it might not be like in a Facebook group where people were asking you questions as such. And I would say, okay, that, that's, you know, building that community by sharing content regularly. I don't think it's you know, the way you see it as a community. It's not the same as you know, a Facebook community. But what I see is I mentioned that I have people following me on LinkedIn and also Instagram. So for me, that is part of that personal brand and as such is, is a community because they are seeing me more frequently and that just adds to that. And I, for me, that is a part of building community. They see my content on LinkedIn once a week 
but then they're actually following a different style on Instagram, feel like I'm nurturing. And for me, that's community. It's building a relationship with my audience. Now, in terms of actually ways to do that, you can do that through reels. And reels, I would say, but some are better at getting new, new followers. Now, I will occasionally also post, I think the best way to actually support your existing community on Instagram is through Instagram stories. And also by going live on Instagram. And I think if you, I know someone who does that regularly each week has a particular time. Now, I also, it doesn't have to be going live on the platform of Instagram itself. I have recently started going live on, on YouTube and LinkedIn. And I will share with my Instagram community that I'm going live on YouTube. Right. And, and I feel like that's building a community and I'm sharing, by the way, I'm going live at this time. And that's part of the community building is also to, it's like to build the whole brand and for them yep. to be following me. That's great. That's a good idea to have your kind of have all your bases covered because some people just do Instagram, some just do Facebook, some just do YouTube. So you can cover all those bases and that's a really good way to help build uh, community and presence and authority as well. Um, what about when it comes to actually promoting your course or your program or something you want to sell? Because again, nobody wants to be directly sold to, nobody wants to be kind of, you know, harassed or asked to buy something. So what advice would you give for using this, especially on platforms like Instagram even? Yeah. I think it's interesting because on Instagram, I my focus in the beginning was to grow a community. And the reason is I wanted to build trust, authority, and just a relationship before selling anything. I think that was important for me. And I think you can start to sell things, but I didn't want it to be, oh, they're just another person selling English lessons, for example. So in the beginning, my focus was on growth and just building a community. But right. something interesting happened. And then I would say once I was doing that consistently for about two months, I had messages from people and I still get messages now saying, how can I work with you? Do you offer one-on-one -on -one coaching? Do you have a course? Now, as I started to create content, I started to post a lot more about vocabulary because that seemed to just do very well. It really resonated with my audience. And I had a lot of questions like, do you have a vocabulary course? Like, how can I learn more vocabulary with you? Like, uh, phrasal verbs are the worst. Please help me, teacher. Um, and I noticed that people started asking me for a course, which I never expected that to happen. And I think once that starts to happen, that's my signal of, okay, now I can sell. <laughs> People are asking for it. Yeah. I feel really confident. And they're actually informing you what they need yeah. as opposed to you telling them. So it's win-win. Exactly. Yeah. And I have a group course and I haven't promoted a group course on Instagram, but I've been really listening. And I think that's the magic of Instagram. Whereas on, on, on LinkedIn, I can't really see what people are, I can see yes. if people are liking and polls and things, but I'm getting messages. People are more, they will respond to my posts. And I do notice that a lot more people will comment and engage compared to the same person on, on LinkedIn won't ever message me, but they will comment and reply on Instagram. So I, I think listening to your audience 
And then once you do want to sell something, once you know, okay, it's the right time to sell now, I think you can do that two ways. You can do that for a promotion of your Instagram stories. Now, one thing of stories is you might not get many people watch them. You know, I have like 20,000 people follow me, maybe only 200 people are watching my stories. It's not a huge amount, but I know those 200 people are the most engaged and then the people following me consistently. So it's really powerful to share in your stories, um, to share I have this available, but I also share it within some reels. I would Mm -hmm. do it as a call to action, especially if I I like to go from the teacher at heart, I will share something to support someone. And then it's like, if you also want help with difficult sounds like this, um, I have a course, and you can also use something called ManyChat with yes. this well, which yes. is also very powerful to it is. get people as clients. So yeah, there's a few creative ways of getting um, to make sales. On yes, no, that's, that's great. I, I like the way you position that. You're still a teacher at heart. And by the way, if you might be interested in this, then there's something yeah. for you. And like you said, I mean, this is something I've brought up as well as, you know, maybe not that many people watch your stories or videos or reels in general and you you might feel demotivated or feel like this isn't working this is a waste of time but those one or two hundred people could actually be the perfect audience for you and, and those are the one or two percent who are probably more likely to work with you or you know buy something that you might be offering that might help them so that's important now let's talk a little bit about pitfalls or mistakes um, because we see a lot of them and again it's trial and error and everyone has to learn but what are some common things that you see Gemma where you're like please don't do that or let's you know simple things that we can stop doing to help us you know make progress right away what would you suggest here I think the first one is just the fear of not getting started of actually posting any content um and one, someone told me, if you look back, even at the biggest YouTubers, if you watch their first few YouTube videos, they're awkward, they're reading from, you know, reading a script. And it made me think, well, everyone has to start somewhere. The first few videos I put out are probably going to be quite rubbish, but I need to go through that process of being uncomfortable before I can get better at this. I know that they aren't going to be my best ever. I will do my best to make these as engaging and as informative as possible. But I find I had to think, okay, I'm gonna put the first two, I set myself a challenge and for for the next two weeks, I want to post at least three times a week. Try and make, make it manageable, make my goals achievable that I, okay, I can do three times a week. That means for the next two weeks, I need to record six reels, okay, I can do that, like make it manageable and actually get started. Then once I got into that rhythm, after two weeks, I was like, oh, I can do this. Let's try and now do five reels a week. And then once I did five reels a week, I really noticed my growth Mm -hmm. really skyrocketed from going from three times a week to five times a week. Not just my Instagram growth, but also my growth in how well I can talk on the camera. Felt yes. less awkward. It wasn't reading as much. You know, that's also an issue I see is just reading from the script. I made that same mistake. I was reading word for word, sounding quite robotic, and I'm just trying to imagine that I'm speaking to one student. That really helped me. You know, when I'm creating any video content, it's like, who am I speaking to? 
I gave that person a name. Her name is Karen. Karen is my <laughs> right? I'm speaking to Karen. This is going to be helpful for Karen. That really helped me to get started in making videos because okay. I thought, oh, I have hundreds of people watching this that can make you quite anxious. So I would say the biggest mistake is just not getting started and setting manageable goals. 100%. Yeah, and, and the making of the content is, oh, it's not perfect. I blinked here. Right. The thumbnail looks terrible. And... The, and you know, there's a hundred excuses. And, and like you said, I, I don't particularly enjoy doing the video side of it, but I just set aside a couple of hours each week or even an hour a week. And I just go through them and it's done. And if it's not perfect, it's not perfect. But you know what? The more you do it, the easier it gets, the more natural you become, the more confident you become. And then that helps you build slowly and uh, get more, um, you know, be more knowledgeable and more comfortable, which is the most important thing. Um, like this podcast, I mean, you know, it, it's the same kind of thing. We started out slow. We were consistent. We kept posting. We kept promoting. Yeah. And now we've got to a really good stage after a couple of years. And it, it just takes time, like you said. Now, what would you say is the biggest game changer for ESL teachers who want to excel on Instagram? What's the biggest single thing where you think, do this and you'll hopefully achieve growth? The number one thing to reach the most or, or to get the biggest following is through Instagram Reels. 100 reels reels okay. yeah. Yeah. yeah um you will see that at least within the last year i mean it does change mm -hmm. one thing i know for sure though is if you're posting a static post so that's just a one image it can be very helpful for those who have just started following you but the engagement will be very low um, so if you're posting reels, it just, the algorithm, Instagram will share that with many people. And if I hadn't shared any reels, I wouldn't have any of the growth that I have today. So the number one thing is to create reels. Now in saying that, I do think it's important to have a mix of content, not just a hundred percent reels, because like you said, it's not just who, you know, it's a, Many teachers want to get clients. It's not just about being a content creator. And I think sharing different, for example, carousels, sharing the same idea from one reel, um, and also thinking about your audience, you know, to swipe with different content, visual content. And a lot of that you can reuse of what you probably already have on LinkedIn. And a lot of that content that I already created, these were excellent ideas to then turn them into reels. So if I had an idea that I shared on LinkedIn as a written post, I would take go back and look at that content to then create that and put them into reels. Um, but yes, reels are definitely the number one way of getting um, new followers, getting people into your business. Amazing. That is good to know. And um, again, thank you for sharing that because I think, again, people just put static posts or they don't even do carousels. And again, carousels are great. And just because you have one post that maybe wasn't as successful, like you said, repurpose it, make it into a carousel, make it into a reel or, or vice versa. There's lots of flexibility there. Wow. Um, I've learned a lot during our chat today, Gemma. So um, how can teachers find out more about Instagram, get more help building themselves on Instagram, on social media, maybe building a teaching business? Um, what are you able to to help them, help them with? Sorry. Yeah. No. So one thing is I we do have an Instagram course. Um, and by we, it's through Bowie Strategy. And I'm actually running the course with Richard Dalton. Now, some teachers listening, they probably already know who Richard is. I've been told he's 
um, an Instagram superstar. He does have over 650,000 Instagram followers and we're running this course together. Um, and the course is a four week course where we support teachers to get their first 10,000, really starting from zero. Just like myself, just a few months ago, I was at, just I didn't really do a lot with Instagram. It's, it's exactly for me, what I wish I knew, you know, six months ago. Um, so if, if you, that's where you're at, if you would like to really explore Instagram and you think it could be a great potential, especially if you are doing well on, 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 on LinkedIn, if you already are getting clients and you just want to expand and really build a more of a personal brand and mm -hmm. get support to do that, um, we have the Instagram Growth Accelerator. Now, it is an open, we, we do have a wait list and I can share the wait list, I'm sure. Um, yep. I'll the link below. Yeah, yep. the link. Um, but if you are interested, we do have that course and it'll be running next year, so the beginning of 2024. We also have a few others because Sure, it is about getting growth on Instagram, but the next thing is, well, what do I offer them? <laughs> do I have something, you know, maybe you get a big, a good problem. I like to call it a good problem where you will get many students asking, do you have one-on-one -on -one coaching? Do you have groups? Do you have a digital course? And you think, oh, wow, I don't have, you know, I, I'm at maximum capacity for my one-on-one, -on -one, a good problem to have. What can I offer them? Um, to support even more people. So we do have as well other other programs to support teachers in creating digital offers mm -hmm. to help them when it comes to really low offers to support their audience that they will be growing on Instagram. Because you will get that problem, like I do, I, I, I got that as well, where you do get a, a following and people say, well, how can I work with you? What else do you have? So we do also support teachers um, with creating these offers as well as Instagram. But I'll share that if you put your name on the wait list, we'll be sharing all about all of the different courses that we yep. have for Bowie. And I'll share the, the link below in the description. So if you're interested, just take a look. And, um, you know, Gemma is great to work with. Richard is great to work with. And um, you'll learn a lot, just like we did today. We didn't have time to get into everything, but it was a really useful and really valuable chat. So thank you for sharing your knowledge and experience about Instagram. Yeah, you're welcome. And if anyone wants to reach out to me on Facebook, any questions, feel free to at Gemma Keeling. I'm more than happy. I love hearing from teachers. So Awesome. Thank you so much, Gemma. Yeah, thank you, Daniel. All right, that was a very engaging, insightful, and useful interview. Thank you, Gemma, so much for joining us and sharing your knowledge and experience on how to accelerate your growth as an ESL teacher on Instagram. There is a link below if you'd like to find out more about Gemma's program, what she does to help teachers who wish to grow on Instagram like her. You can simply just follow the link below in the description. And don't forget to join us next week for another brand new episode. If you'd like to be a guest also, you can do so. Just go to our website, esl-talk.com. Listen to all our previous episodes for free. And you can just click the link at the top of the page, be a guest, if you'd like to appear on an upcoming episode. That is it for this week. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for even more ESL teaching content.